you're listening to Leading and Living with Impact and Influence, where we walk with leaders to live a life of exceptional impact, influence, and faith. First of all, Jessica, thank you for coming in. I know you are extremely busy and you took a little time out of your day. Yeah. So. Thanks for getting me out of the office. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure. It is, uh, it's is—it's been fun to get to know you. I really enjoyed our, our conversation before we hit the record button, but you've got a really cool history, a, a past. Um, and I'd love for you to just kind of share with our audience. Once again, we have uh, a bunch of entrepreneurs, business owners that are, they're trying to make their stamp, right? They're, 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 they've found something that they're passionate about and they're going all in. And they're at different uh, points of their journey right now. Some of them are tremendously successful. Some of them are still just grinding away and they're just waiting to, to get that breakthrough. You've had a lot of breakthroughs and you've had a lot of changes in your past to have you where you're at today. So would you just give them a brief history of where you started from and how that journey has moved you to where you're at today? Absolutely. Um, so I actually started out as a certified paralegal. So uh, left high school, had a real vision in mind. So I came to Casper College and went through the paralegal program. It took me a little longer than expected because I wanted to have a little bit of fun too, that yeah. freshman year of college. Well done. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, received my certification um, in about 2003, went to work for a local law firm here in town. Yeah. From then, um, I actually, I started out as their runner through college, worked up to their paralegal position, and then from there jumped over to another law firm, did a bunch of foreclosures for the state of Wyoming. Not the the most fantastic work. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't like the process of, of course, foreclosing on homes, but the growth that I had in that position was phenomenal. Mm. I was able to uh, manage that law firm. We started out with actually just three individuals, the attorney, myself, and another individual that was office staff. And we turned that into 13 people wow. here in Casper. And then from there, I had the opportunity to go help grow the business and lay the groundwork for some other law firms. Um, outside of the state of Wyoming. So yeah. it was great, a lot of travel. I had young babies at the time. So, yeah. uh, you know, you get up at 4.30 in the morning, go to work at five and and uh, wake up and get the kids off to daycare and continue on. So it was a good experience. I'm glad I was as young as I was to yeah. get through it. Uh, from there, I decided to take a little reprieve from the foreclosure world. The attorney I was working for decided to leave the firm, and that was just a great out for me. I am really dedicated to anybody that brings me on board with them. So when she left, I thought it was time for me to go as well, and I ended up at the hospital. Mm -hmm. So uh, with my background, I just really lent to the risk department at the hospital Worked through that for a couple of years and then just happened to have one of those phone calls one day that said, hey, are you interested in looking around for something else? And I got into the title world. So yeah. now I'm luckily worked through one title company and I'm now at First American Title and, and managing that office. So it's a great challenge. We have a really, really good staff and it's super, yeah. super high paced and busy. And there's some opportunities there that I've been loving to put my stamp on. So. Well, we know the, the the real estate market has just been absolutely insane for the last three years. Oh, it's, yeah, know? bananas. So yeah, ex <laughs> exactly. I, I got a couple questions. Let's kind of go back in history just really quick. First of all, were you always motivated growing up? I mean, were you always, did you just have this passion to go and try to accomplish stuff? You know, 
I did. And I also had a lot of good people in my life that just said, you know, when I said, I think I'm going to do this. And they're like, yep, I think you can. Um, My parents were always really supportive uh, through high school and everything like that. They just, they didn't pressure me into doing anything. And so I think that that really helped me out too, because I could pick and choose what I wanted to do. I was a big member of DECA. And then once I went to nationals a couple of times through high school, just seeing the opportunities out there was pretty phenomenal. What is DECA just for our audience? Um, It is um, kind of like FBLA, so um, Future Business Leaders of America. And it, I can't even remember the acronym anymore. Um. I love how you put it. You did an acronym with an acronym, by the way. I know, I know, right, right. (laughs) When you work at the hospital, (laughs) um, you have everything's an acronym. So, um, yeah, some of that left with me when I left there. But, yeah, so it was just... I think just the mentors and the support throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I my first law firm that I worked in, I had a fantastic support system, mm-hmm. and they just kind of pushed me to do different things. I was always surprised at what I could get accomplished once I put my mind to it. And yeah. then from there, you just kind of get the itch that you're like, "Well, what's next?" Yeah. Like you you pass that certification and then you feel like all of your goals are done and then you're like, okay, well, let's plan another big goal yeah. and just move on. So yeah. uh, it it's over time, I think the sky's kind of, you know, been my limit before I think I limit, I had some self-limiting beliefs mm. like everybody does when yeah. they're not quite as confident in their skin. And now I'm like, absolutely. Like, how do we get there? Yeah. <laughs> well, we deal with a lot of obviously real estate agents in our industry are, are females, they're women, mm-hmm. uh, and they're moms. And you just talked about that you you made a decision because you had young babies that the travel was something that you just didn't want to do because it was just taking you out of the home too much, right? Like tell like talk to our audience on that because um, I have two daughters. And they're ambitious as all heck. I think they've actually got more motivation than my two oldest boys. Awesome. And it is so much fun to watch them as they're pursuing their passions. Uh, And right now it's soccer, which is totally cool. (laughs) Uh, And so as you were pursuing your passion, was there there an internal struggle with you about, you know, how do you become the best mom? And then, of course, how do you be, and, and, you know, as fathers, we're always constantly thinking about being the best father we can, being the best husband we can, and then being being the best man we can, right? Of course. Tell us about your like your mindset as you were making that decision to no longer travel. Obviously, you still loved your job. You still loved what you were doing, but you're a mom now. Right. So, um, you know, mommy guilt is definitely a thing, which I think probably um, you have some of that as a father because yeah. you have – I just have two kiddos, um, and I know you have far more than I do. <laughs> um, so it's – I always – my husband and I always joke that we're never going to be outnumbered. So that's why we had two, and we decided <laughs> to stop there. It's a real thing getting outnumbered, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, legit. Um, so, you know – like I said, there's always mommy guilt. I saw a quote the other day that kind of just resonated with me, and I'm, I'm probably not going to get it spot on, but it just said, you know, if I am doing something all in and giving it my 100%, there is something else that is lacking that I'm not giving mm. 100% in my life, whether it's work or, um, you know, versus the home life. But, you know, I, I think the most important thing is, is I really, really focus on the time with my kids that I'm very present. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to do something fun. It doesn't have to be something that costs a lot. Like we kayak a lot. We uh, go do the bridal trail a lot. Um, I make sure that I work outside of sometimes the normal business hours yeah. in order to make sure that we have enough daylight so we can go 
on a hike, take our dogs out for a walk and stuff like that. So I really focus on making sure that the time that I do have with my kids is I'm very present. And I also think what you'll see as the older your kiddos get is that they understand that work-life balance because they understand that this is a priority. This is how we get food on the table. This is how we have the wonderful things in our life that we have. And uh, they really support that. And then they know that it takes some hard work in order to get there. So um, we've had some great conversations in my household. Um, My husband is in oil and gas. So when he's at work, he works from, you know, 630 in the morning to 630 at night, and he has an hour and a half drive each way. And so um, he's really out of the home. And but when he is off, you know, then he's off too. So we've just really worked and been able to parent that way where him and I sometimes are passing ships in the night, but yeah. our kids always have the support that they need. Well, I think that's so important. You know, I, I think one of the challenges that we run into with our generation that we're dealing with now is that we almost went from one extreme to the next extreme. Like the pendulum has swung so far where, you know, we grew up with um, parents that worked hard and we, had, we you know, we grew up with um, this idea of you're supposed to show up, you're supposed to work hard, you ha- you're supposed to, you know, um, have... Uh, integrity in what you do. You have to have a great work ethic, all these things. Right. And I think that the pendulum has swung so much now where we've got a generation of children that don't really understand a work ethic. You know, yep. we, they don't understand uh, consistency. They don't understand being selfless in that aspect. I mean, I was just listening to a podcast earlier where the guy was talking about a restaurant that's one of the most popular restaurants that's in his town. And there had they had to shut down on their most, uh, their, their busiest day because two of their employees just wouldn't show up. That's and, crazy. And yeah, so I think what it's really, it's important for what you're doing as as parents, I think it's really important for us, what we're doing is we're setting that example, working hard, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Having a goal, having a passion, having a purpose, like we have to set that precedence for our children so that they too can see that we're not just talking about it, but we're actually doing it. And Tim Grover talks about that in one of his books where there was an episode, there was a time where his daughter was like, dad, I don't want you to travel. I don't want you, I want you to stay home. And he's like, you know, in the perfect Disney movie, I would have canceled my flight. I would have <laughs> stayed home with my daughter. But he's like, no, the lesson was so much more important to say, no, but I've got an obligation. Absolutely. Right. And mm-hmm. you have done that. And obviously just through your conversations with your children, you're setting a great example for them when they get to that point where they're having to make decisions for themselves. Absolutely. And I think that they need to understand that the world does not revolve specifically around them. Yes. Not, I mean, <laughs> and I think that's another thing too, that I need to stop myself sometimes where I have to reel it back in where, I, you know, we go to the grocery store and I'm like, absolutely, I can buy you this, this, and this. And then I'm like, what? No, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, put it back. Yeah. You don't need it. It's yeah. not a need. It's a want. Like, yeah. let's have this conversation one more time about, you know, having less stuff. Um, yeah. And we, we work really hard ab- around our house about that kind of thing, because you can just get so much stuff yes. in your life and it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. And for a New York second, it's going to make you feel better. But um, we really try to instill that in our kids too. And just, we try more for experiences versus things. Yeah. I think it's so good. Absolutely. And, and I think just those constant conversations, cause you know, kids aren't perfect and they forget it. And sometimes I forget it that, you know, this is the route that we've decided to take. And, um, I know it's always easier to throw things at them like video games and electronics and stuff like that. But we, we try to really rein that in and make sure that they're, you know, cognizant of 
that the whole world does not revolve around them and we're not there to make them have a good time. And, um, we were actually went out kayaking the other day and I think I was having more fun than my kids were, um, just splashing (laughs) around and, and stuff like that. And, but not once did they say that they were bored and want to go home. So I was like, I think, I think we're doing okay. Yeah. I think there's something really great about quality of time. And then of course you got the other side of it. It's the quantity of time as well too. And it sounds like you've got just a great balance in both of that. So that's, yeah, kudos to you and great job for you and, and your husband by doing that. Thanks. One of the things I want to talk about too is that your, your, your time with the hospital. Uh, you'd made a comment uh, prior to me pressing record on this about um, you being able to see miracles. Oh, and I think yeah. that is just, I, 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 I'd love for you to dive into that just a little bit. You don't have to get too specific if you don't want to, but I think that sometimes we, um, we experience too many bad things sometimes that happen at hospitals or especially going through a season of what we just went through over the last two years. Um, Talk about that experience uh, with our audience. Well, and I don't have a medical background. So walking into that role, it was super intimidating Mm -hmm. because of course I knew uh, with my background in law, I knew like medical malpractice complications and and what the attorneys look for when they're going to sue a hospital. So I really had some great understanding of these are the things that we want to avoid from a risk standpoint, but to go in there and see how people, um, you know, just react to different medications. So you can have, you know, 10 people that react this one way to a medication and you give it to the 11th person and they go into cardiac arrest Mm -hmm. or something like that. And I would say, you know, probably, I don't know, 95 to 98% of the time, nobody did anything wrong when any bad incidents happened at the hospital. It's either, you know, how the body's reacting, how the timing is, maybe they didn't get the whole story or, um, you know, maybe there's some issues with changing of hands or, I mean, it's the medical professionals are phenomenal people and they work so hard and that's what they're dedicated to every day in and out. Um, the issue is, is, you know, and, and we have seen miracles. There is things that happened where, um, I would review incident reports and, and kind of look at, um, you know, if anything, if we could improve anywhere when some incidents came up and just the stories that you would hear, I mean, mm-hmm. no, I, I, I always chalk it up to God. I mean, yeah. God was in the room at that day, at that time. And, you know, he, he just made sure that everybody pulled through and it was phenomenal. And every single day in one room of that hospital, there is a miracle that mm. nobody can explain or, um, you know, and it's just phenomenal to be a part of that, to understand that. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side of that is every day somebody dies yeah. and, and it's going to be somebody's loved one and they're going to be absolutely, whether it was something expected or not expected, um, you know, you have to deal with that as well. And yeah. so the medical profession is, fantastic. The stuff that they do is just absolutely blows my mind yeah. um, that you would sign up for that day in and day out. And they're, they're definitely miracle workers. Yep. It's awesome. Yeah. My wife uh, was an RN for a number of years. And then when we started having children, she decided to be the nurse at home. Oh, so yeah? it was great. It was, uh, it was a true blessing for us, but she would constantly talk about uh, just how, you know, when it's your time, it doesn't matter what we do. Yep. Like God's going to take you. And when it's not your time, it doesn't matter what we do because God is going to save you, right? <laughs> you know, so it was really awesome to hear her experiences and the things that she saw as well, too. So Absolutely. Did it change, having that having that time, did it change your outlook on life at all? Did it change your outlook on, uh, you know, being a mom or being a woman or being a wife? Like, did you, did you leave that experience 
different? Um, I think what I learned so much at the hospital is just giving people grace Hmm. because there is so many outside circumstances whether it's, um, you know, I, I always I always give the great example when people talk about how they go into the emergency room and they waited there for three and a half hours. And I'm like, yeah, I, I bet you did. You know, wholeheartedly, you probably did. But you don't see what's coming in the back door, yeah. which is where the ambulance and the helipad is and stuff like that. Yeah. They maybe just had a heart attack that they either saved or didn't save. And they just need to get their bearings. And sorry, you with, you know, your cut to your finger that's not profusely bleeding yeah. or anything like that or your cough or or something like that is not life or death. Mm. And they, they need to take a lot of that time. And so I, I always had a lot of those type of conversations with people. And I think I walked out of there with far more grace mm. than I had walking in mm. because um, there's just so many outside circumstances that you don't know anything about in anybody's walk of life. Yeah. So, um, you know, just stuff at home affects people yeah. um, and they bring it to work. And so there's just so many things that you just have to give people grace for. Yeah. Well, we talk about it. I, I talk, uh, that's, I'm so glad you brought that up because we as leaders are constantly talking about that, that typically the problem that you're, tr- that you're dealing with is not directly because of you. Nope. It's an outside influence. It's something that's going on outside of it. And you just happen to be the one that's being taken. It's being taken out on. Always. Yeah. 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 Well, and we actually, one of your agents, we had a situation the other day that I, I called one of their clients because they're like, Hey, can you explain this to them? Cause you explain it really well. And I'm like, absolutely gave them a call and the client was a little mad. So I just let your agent know, Hey, just you'll probably get a follow-up phone call. And um, they were really apologetic. I'm sorry, I didn't think that that was going to happen. And I said, you know, I said, it. I, I it's fine by me. I mean, it's nothing I did wrong. It's yeah. nothing anybody had any control over. Yeah. And um, But usually when people feel really guilty about something, they're going to get blow up about it, especially yeah. if it's kind of their own doing. So yeah. I said, I, I said, my conscience is clear. Yeah. We're doing everything that we can do to take care of them. Unfortunately, they kind of made their bed and, and, you know, we're, we're going to help them work through it. Yep. But, um, yep. you know, it, and that's where I always tell my staff to, cause they, they do get really sensitive about what their job is and how hard they work. And then when people push back or challenge them and they've worked so hard. Yeah. Those are the things that I just have to remind them. You know, it's not you, it's not your work it's product. Correct. It's just, you know, those attorneys are going to want to get every exception off of that title commitment. I don't, that's their <laughs> job. That's why they're getting the big bucks. Yeah. So, um, you know, those are the time, type of conversations we have all the time. It's just, you know, take a deep breath. It's nothing personal. It's all business Yeah. and move on. Good, good advice for sure right there. So what is it, what excites you right now? Uh, either with your current work or the stuff that you're doing in, in the leadership opportunities that you have right now, like what, what gets you out of bed? What gets you excited, uh, when you're, when you're heading into work today? Um, you know, my staff is pretty phenomenal. And yeah. so I, I really like the relationships that I've built with them and how hard we work and the amount of work that we can put out in a day. Mm-hmm. That always gets me excited. Um, also, just opportunities of growth. Um, First American locally, uh, we had some, I mean, we've lost some clients that I definitely am working to make sure that they come back into our doors. And so that part and that growth of the business is pretty huge for me. I mm-hmm. want um, everything to be as successful as possible, and yeah. I'm going to work as hard as I need to to get it there. Um, 
stuff like this, this is a new experience for me. I've yeah. never had the pleasure. <laughs> so thanks for inviting me in here today yeah. uh, to do something new with my brain and um, communicate through this great podcast. And uh, I like doing some speaking um, items with, I'm, I'm going to do something for WCDA. So yeah. those things are really great. There's going to be a Connect to Women conference that's come into town in September that oh, I've excellent. committed to be on a panel. So just uh, just a little bit of everything. Yeah. So uh, I love growth. I love seeing people succeed. That's probably one of my biggest, uh, like, I don't know, things that make me shine is mm -hmm. that I want everybody else to feel just as successful as they can mm -hmm. and have them help them find stuff that they maybe didn't think that they were capable of doing as well. What, what's an area right now that you're, that you're loving to read in or that you're trying to discover more about information wise, or just have a passion about? Um, you know, I'm always picking up books on leadership just because I want to get other people's perspective. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in mind that I, I've read lately that, like, was super pivotal, you know, mm -hmm. that I would like to share. But I always, even though some stuff I don't, I, I've been reading a lot on critical conversations. Oh, yeah. Just because I want a different perspective because sometimes I think the narrative in my head and how I think it's going to go maybe doesn't always turn out mm -hmm. how I think it should. And so I've been getting a lot of outside perspectives and a lot of the stuff that I've picked up, I haven't been super impressed with. So I just keep on finding new stuff yeah. on critical conversations. And Have you read the book Crucial Conversations? I haven't yet. Yeah, it was recommended to us. We we read it as a leadership team, and I mean, it was it's a pretty thick book, and there's a lot of stuff in it. There's some really good points for sure in there. But yeah, we went through that season too about like being able to have critical or crucial conversations, being able to. And one of the things that she talked about in the book is thinking is about thinking of like a beach ball. And your point of view is could be on the other side of it. And then my point of view is on this side of it over here on the on the right hand side, yours on the left hand side, just knowing that we're coming from two different perspectives. And so we really try to adopt that into our leadership within our companies. And, uh, you know, anything you can get from just little nuggets are so good. I'm a, a huge um, fan of the five dysfunctions of a team. Um, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of really great books out there. Is there one? that just kind of comes out, that sticks out in your mind that you're like, man, I I would recommend this book to anybody. Um, John Maxwell. Uh -huh. So um, he has a 365 day, yeah. um, just one a day. And I read that every single morning. Okay. So, um, and I've been through it twice just because every time I pick it up and every morning I just read that one page because it takes, you know, 10 to 15 seconds to mm -hmm. get through it. And then you kind of just process. And on the bottom of it, it always says that this is how you should apply it today. Whether, you know, you have a team member that you reach out to and see if you can apply this concept to. And I think that has been the best one for me too, because I always want to grow every single day, but how do you keep up on everything? Yeah, you know, right. right now, especially is the busy season. And so I can't, that big 101 critical conversations I'm currently reading <laughs> is really, as it's not really pulled me in, yeah. um, you know, on heavy work days, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to read that. Yeah. But yeah, that one from John Maxwell, I always pick up every single day just because I know it'll give me a nugget for the day mm -hmm. to think about and ponder. 
Um, and hopefully I can apply it and then, and, and just grow that leadership mindset mm -hmm. because I think those critical conversations are, are super important all the time to have, but yeah. I think those are the ones I'm a really, uh, feel good person. I want to make you feel good once you leave having any contact with me, whether it's just a high on the street or, um, a closing that I get to sit down and do with you. I want you to leave feeling good. Mm -hmm. And so those critical conversations are really hard for me because it drains my, just my happy emotions. Cause yeah. I, I want to get it across, not critically. I mean, not, you know, breaking someone down, sure. but just know that it always comes from a growth mindset in, yeah. in our culture and our team. And so I always base all of my conversations off of that. And I'm not going to have one with you if it can't grow that person nor the team. So, yeah. But, awesome. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap this up here, um, what would you say to, to women right now, women out there right now that are, they're doing the best they can. They're, you know, they're, they're, um, they're business owners or entrepreneurs, their moms, their wives, they're just trying to be awesome at every one of those things in their life. Uh, but right now, maybe they're just, they're, they're just kind of struggling with so much going on and maybe that passion or maybe that purpose isn't, and they're, maybe they're just struggling with that purpose of like, man, do I, I want to be, I, I want to be the best mom I can, but I feel like I'm, when I'm at work, I'm not serving my kids. And when I'm serving my kids, I'm not serving my passion and my work. Of course. What, what would you say to, um, to women right now? So I think that anytime that you feel yourself in a spot where you are really um, torn on where you need to go and what you need to focus on, I always pick one per area. So I always pick one work thing that I want to focus on, and then I break that down. I'm going to pick one area in my um, kids' lives that I think is important that I want to focus on. And then I also pick one in my marriage that I want to focus on, because awesome. those are my three top priorities. Mm. If I have, um, you know, of course, family is the top, top tier. Um, so I, I can do anything if I have my family. And then, of course, work, because we want to eat. Mm -hmm. um, so I just say, just do one baby step at a time, just one goal. Um, and then once you work through that, then that helps you build that confidence. And then, you know, if you want to accomplish more from there, but always have a goal in mind and, and pick the top three spots that you want to have goals yeah. and just work through them. And it's amazing how much time, even if you're spread really, really thin, yeah. how you can just have one small step to that goal. And once you get there, then it feels like you have a, you know, can have a big party. Awesome. Well, I think that is not only great advice for women, I think that's great advice for men out there as well, too, <laughs> to be honest with you. If you can keep those priorities, I think that is what you'll, you'll live a great life. So Jessica, I really appreciate you coming in. This has been awesome to get to know you, to get to, to know your heart and your passion and how you serve people. Uh, you've got an amazing life that you've created and, uh, I, I'm excited to see what you do out in, the, out in our community. I'm excited to see what that next venture is for you. I don't, I think this is maybe one of many steps that'll happen in, in your future. And, uh, I just uh, encourage you to continue to keep uh, pursuing that leadership. You've got a gift. Uh, it's been such a pleasure having you on here. And I know that you've really impacted a lot of the people that listen to this podcast. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity. It was great. Yep. All right, you guys. Hey, listen, uh, you know, we don't charge anything for this podcast, but what you do have to do is you have to share this. And I know that there's somebody out there, somebody that you know, that needs to listen to Jessica's message and it's going to help them as they start achieving those things in their life. So I love you. Appreciate you. And we'll see you on the next episode.